This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Candidly Keisha. Keisha Knight-Polium has grown up on TV, playing characters on shows like The Cosby Show to Tyler Perry's House of Pain. They know Rudy. They know Miranda. I've been in the business literally for 36 years. Keisha's an actress, philanthropist, foodie, and now host of her own podcast. This is an opportunity for you, my friends, my fans, to get to know me, just Keisha. This is Candidly Keisha. You are listening to Candidly Keisha. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, I am so excited because I have some of my best girlfriends calling in and in studio. I, you know, it's so funny because, you know, these are the conversations we have. So I wanted to do a show all about girl talk. You know, for the guys who are listening, here is an in-depth look to the things that we talk about, we say about you, and when y'all, you know, act up, when you do some crazy stuff. But it's definitely going to be entertaining and fun. I have right here my girlfriend, Toby Sanders. Hi. And um, on the phone, we have my friend, Arian Simone. Hello. So both of these women are absolutely amazing. And my go-to in terms of bouncing things off of and talking to, um, Toby actually is a faux finisher. She's an amazing artist. And Arian is an entrepreneur who has a million and 40 different jobs from the book that she <laughs> is releasing now. We can all ha- have you tell us about that later to, you know, Fearless Magazine. She is the um, founder, editor, and all types of everything else. Your websites. I can't even, I don't even know where to go with Arian. But today we're just going to talk about none of the titles, none of the things we do are, you know, coming into play. We're just going to talk about the stuff we talk about. And I figured we were going to come out the gate. I think this is really interesting to me. And Toby, you are the curator of them. Why? And again, this is a little more of an adult topic that we're going to talk about because this is girl talk. But can we talk about this um, epidemic of men sending dick pics? Oh, yeah, I have a lot of those. You do? (laughs) (laughs) And I randomly get them. I don't ask for them. I don't solicit them. I don't say, hey, send me a pic. They just send them. I think it's like the new calling card. You know, that's what I call them, right? I know you do. I have a folder in my phone, and it's labeled calling cards. (laughs) So I have a collection. So from here on out, we're going to call them calling cards. I'm very <laughs> baffled by this whole phenomenon. Like, maybe I'm just old school or I just am not in the know. But, Arian, have you ever got a quote-unquote, we're calling them calling card? Oh, my gosh. No, I haven't. I feel so left out. <laughs> Arian's lying. Arian, are you lying? <laughs> no, I'm not lying. I'm dead serious. I'm so serious. Okay. I've never got a calling card. What do I need to do? I need to step my game up because I need to be getting some calling cards. Cool. Hilarious. Like, so, <laughs> so the funny thing about Arian, Arian is probably one of my most expressive, full of life friends who we got to find Arian a man, though, because she's been celibate for how long? <laughs> we do. I started the journey in 2005, but I had two interruptions, so consistently. Wait, time out, time out. We cannot gloss over that. Say that again. You had two interruptions? Yeah, interruptions. Interruptions. <laughs> Hiccups. Hiccups, yes. okay. And so consistently it's been over four and a half years, and yeah, it's about that time. I need some dick, but I do desire to get married first. I think you need to give me a husband so I can get some dick on the regular. Huh? Hilarious. I don't know. I'm speechless right now. I don't know what to say, but I agree wholeheartedly with that for you. Because um, I must say, and I don't know if this is, this is so, excuse me right now, but Arian is probably one of the most horny celibate people I've ever known in my life. And I so need her to have a man soon. But anyway, so about these pictures, I know, like, what do you feel? Like, when you get them, like. Oh, I think it's funny. I, I like show my friends. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I know that actually. Because typically, the guys it. that send it, that sends the the calling card, I'm not. I don't really take them serious. Oh my goodness! Like, yeah, all the guys that I really like that I truly take serious, they never, yeah, they don't. never send 
that. But like when you just meet random guys out and they think they're like the shiznit or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. Calling cards next. I don't know. I guess that's how they get their interest. I mean, get your, you know, so, attention. So randomly, um, I actually have, we want, I wanted to get the male perspective on this whole thing. Um, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Come here. So my, my brother actually came to visit me today. This is my brother, Michonne, who you all have met on a previous podcast. So what is your opinion on this? Um, I think uh, that's clown material, in my opinion. <laughs> But no homo, I do have a couple of homeboys that are like, man, I'm about to hit her with one dog. And I'm like, don't do it to him. <laughs> so, I mean, I know it's a thing that's going on. I'm just not with the calling card thing, I guess you could say. But, I mean, it's a whole, bunch of, it's, I'm a whole, it's a whole bunch of different styles of getting chicks, I'd say. So, you know, I think gotta, it's a generational thing. I think it might be because, I don't know, where's Juwan at? His younger friend. It's a generational Toby. You're talking to younger men? No, I'm not talking to them. They're trying to talk to me. But what I'm saying is the older guys that I meet, Toby, you know you they don't. What? <laughs> Whatever. The older guys don't do that. But if they're like 30 and under, they do that like it's nothing. Like, oh, here you go. Like it's a Coke and a smile. Yeah, so I'm 26. Well, maybe that's and I, why I haven't got a calling card. Yeah, I'm 26 and I have a... I got a couple of homeboys who are like, man, I'm about to hit her one. I'm like, don't do it to him. So I know it's like going down, but I guess it depends what type of dude you're talking to. So there's a there's a demographic of dudes out here that are really doing it, but mm-hmm. there's a whole demographic of dudes who think it's clown material. So I guess my question is, how do you take someone seriously? You know, you, don't. you know, granted, I guess you said that you don't, but I wonder, like, I really would like to talk to someone who has done it to understand, like, what is the what is why? Like, uh, what is it that you hope? Them. We should. <laughs> we should call them on air, right? So one of my best friends who's the most ridiculous, who will probably be the next DVJ in the next five or ten years. Oh, my gosh. His name is Joey Wooden, right? And he's going to be... He is. He is going to be... Friend. No, Joey would... Joey. If Joey was here, he'd be all for me. Was that the one running through the parking lot? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So this yeah, is the same friend the who Toby... Encouraged to get butt naked on my sister's Wait, birthday. Wait, time out, time I out. I encourage you. Listen, I have to. He did that on his own. First of all, your friend Joey is an exhibitionist. Thank you. And he, at any opportunity, will drop his will pants. take his clothes off. But Thank that's a you. whole other story for another day. <laughs> but moving right along, because you, you're such Joey is not going to be your friend anymore. But that's <laughs> Joey, a whole other story. Whole other story. <laughs> Joey has a government job. You can't do that. We'll scratch his last name. (laughs) But anyway, so Arian, what have you found? You know, one of the funny things I was actually just online and I was reading, um, kind of switching gears a little bit, that, um, you know, that article that I sent you earlier today about the, basically it's saying that people nowadays, it's the slow burn, I think it's called, where mm. instead of like breaking up, you know how you've dated someone and then all of a sudden everything goes from like amazing to next thing you know, they just start fading away. Mm. And you're like, well, what happened? Do you feel like men today are less upfront with what they desire, um, what, you know, how they feel? Do you feel like, and what do you think contributes to that? Um, I'm not sure. And I had that discussion actually literally with somebody else the other day because I told him he needed to state his intentions with me. And I was wondering, he was just like, because this is somebody who's like just approaching me new. And he said, well, you know, I thought you were attractive. And I was kind of like just curious to see. But when he stepped to me, he initially stepped to me about business. And I'm the type of person that I think that's like lightweight manipulative. If you have an intention to get to know me, you need to state what your clear intentions are. Don't try to weasel your way in any other fashion, because if it's about business, honey, I'm expecting a check, and I'm expecting a nice one. So you need to state your intentions clearly. So obviously the person who's, like, overly excited and then kind of, like, fizzles, well, maybe their intention was just to have a short-term fling, or maybe their intention was, you know, just to get in bed. And I I will respect the person that says, hey, I just want to F-U-C-K. Now, whether I want to keep up on your proposition or not is another thing, but at least I can respect your honest and true Mm -hmm. intentions. Like, Toby's calling cards, we know that this person does not have a desire for a relationship with her. I'm not not saying I want a calling card. I'm just saying I'm not mad at somebody being that direct on what their intentions are. 
Yeah, I think it's um, interesting. I think one of the funniest quotes as a friend that Arian has ever said is that her coochie is not for sale. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like enough women don't live by that and understand that, you know, when you're with someone, you know, it's a blessing on both sides that, you know, it's not about talking someone. If this is where you desire to be, it's where you desire to be because, you know, you love me, you want to build a life with me, you know, the whole thing. But, you know, a lot of times I feel like, I guess that piece kind of scares people off. I don't know. Um, But this whole article on Yahoo Health, it was called, you know, how did the slow fade become the new breakup? And in the article, one of the things, the first truth, it has like different, you know, truths. It says the slow fade happens when things start to get real. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I think people need to start dealing with more real things up front. And not to say that it has to be so heavy up front because you're still in that phase of getting to know and enjoy but I do think that those discussions, especially for those that's in the 30 and up group, the real discussions need to take place on the front end. So, therefore, they're not taking place on the back end when emotions are already tied in. Right, right. So, when is too soon, though? Because, like, I guess it's also different depending on what age you are because we're all 30 plus. <laughs> so, you know, you know, our what we desire out of a relationship may be different than, you know, a woman who's in her 20s. So at what point do you have when you're a 30 plus year old woman, if you want to have children, if you want to have a family, if you want to get married, what point do you make that? Do you have that discussion without the man looking at you like, OK, she's a little cray? Well, I let the guy kind of lead that. Like, really? if he never brings it up, clearly, <laughs> obviously, he's not trying to have a future or have kids or whatever. Or, right. you know, I kind of like when I first meet someone, you know, I don't get all heavy. But, like, the next couple of weeks, you know, you may ask a question or two. But if they just never bring it up or they mm-hmm. never talk about it, then to me, that's a sign, like, that's not the path that they're on at right. that moment. You Got know? it. So. so, you know, how do y'all feel, like, so often I feel like in this generation, you know, I don't like calling, you know, women hoes or what have you, but there's like a saying that goes, you know, hoes, quote unquote, are winning. And to my, to my thing to that is, you know, what are they actually winning? Because that's not what I desire. Like what they're getting out of a relationship, of course, may work for them and to each his own. But for me, it's more than about, you know, a handbag or shoes or being in the club in a section. So when people say that, what is your feeling about that? Do you feel that they're winning or or not? I'm personally not offended by it. Do I think that they're winning per se? No. Do I know where the phrase is coming from? Yes. It's coming from because this behavior now has this platform of that's being acceptable. Um, The hoe is not new. The hood rat is not new. They were in high school with us. They were cute then. But were they popular? No. Um, So I think it's just the fact that this person is getting this um, attention of approval Mm -hmm. is where that whole phrase is coming from. But in life, what are they winning? No, I don't see any of them necessarily in, like, these prosperous marriages. And I'm not referring to financially. I'm referring to every area of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I see anybody. Yeah. yeah, like, married for 20-something years or whatever with this whole situation. Right. But I think it's just the fact that they're now getting um, this acceptable approval of attention is where that phrase is coming from. Right. Well, I mean, that's definitely a fair, a fair, um, you know, look and a viewpoint of the situation. You know, I guess the antithesis of that, I wonder, you know, it's funny how still in this day and age, there's such a double edged sword. You know, a woman is called a hoe if she has too many partners or if she's on the scene. She may not even really be doing anything. She just may be out and about, quote unquote, too much. Where a man, it's seen as the more chicks he has, the more, you know, the thought brigade, as I call them, he's, you know, engaging and having, then it's it's almost like a badge of honor. Do you think it's fair that there's such a double-edged sword to, you know, a woman, a woman who is promiscuous, how she's labeled and how she's deemed versus a man who does the same thing? What do you think, Tobes? No, I don't. Okay, um, I don't. Well, I mean, no, I don't think it's fair at all. I really don't. I mean, I feel like. But do we do it, though? You mean do we do call- do us as women? Do we participate, even though we don't think it's fair? Mm-hmm. But are we the ones who are perpetrating it? Who are the main ones to be like, oh, that girl to cast judgment on someone else? I think we probably participate a little bit. Yes, mm-hmm. I think everybody has a hand in it, definitely. But I think it's always going to be like that. Unfortunately, like it's never cute 
for a woman to have multiple partners, multiple boyfriends, it's always frowned upon. But I mean, is it cute for a guy? Yeah, they think it's cute. But do I don't you think it's feel cute. it's cute? No, I don't feel like it's cute. I make I feel like, you know, there's they're still going to be considered a thought or a hoe or whatever. But I don't really think it's cute for a man to have multiple women all the time like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I feel like, especially like Arian saying the 30 and up, you need to settle down at some point. Right. Like, come on now, you're old. It's not cute. You hop club Nobody wants to be the old person right. in the club. Like, come on now. <laughs> With 12 girlfriends and boyfriends, like, sit down. And I'm just, just saying, it, got, it has to be expensive. Yeah, it does. It has to be expensive. It does. It does. <laughs> But, I mean, again, you are listening to Candidly Keisha, and we're just, you know, having girl talk, talking about, you know, it's hard out here for a pimp, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But please come back, and we will continue this conversation. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Candidly Keisha. Welcome back to Candidly Keisha. We are um, here talking girl talk today. I have my good friends, Toby Sanders and Arian Simone, um, just talking about, you know, the state of dating in the, in, in the, I don't even know what to call it, just dating, period, point blank, and how it's going. And, you know, as we, as we continue, um, I definitely want to get the perspective. I'm going to have actually my mom come in because having been married for, you know, 30 plus years, there's something to be said to that. I feel, you know, there's something to be learned from reaching back and understanding what people have done before us that has made it work for that long. So, you know, Arian, do you have anything else that you would like to add to this conversation as we wrap it up? Um, no, I definitely will be tuning in to hear your mother's words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> no, I do. I, I definitely agree. Because I think that if you desire, you know, what we all desire what a lot of that generation has. Right. And in that, I think it's very important that we just take that time to listen. Technology has taken over so much communication that we just don't just sit at the feet of our elders and just listen to their wisdom. So right. I, I'm definitely excited about that. Um, but no, but I look forward to coming back on the show. This was wonderful. Well, this is such a hot topic that we're definitely going to do it again and delve even more into different, you know, aspects of it. So I'd love to have you back. But in the meantime, where can people find you in IG, Twitter, you know, all that good social media stuff? Well, people can find me at, at Arian Simone on everything. It's A-R-I-A-N-S-I-M-O-N-E. Um, that's my handle on Twitter. That's my handle on Instagram. My name on Facebook is Arian Simone. And my email is info at ariansimone.com. The website is ariansimone.com. Well, you just got to Google you some Arian Simone <laughs> and you will find her. But thank you, Arian. I love you lots. And I will talk to you soon. Bye, Arian. Love you too. Bye. Bye, Toby. <laughs> Moving right along with Candidly Keisha. Um, coming up, I, I definitely... You know, I feel it's really important that, you know, in anything else, you find mentors in whether it's a business field that you desire to be in or, you know, if it's education, what whatever it is, I'm always one that looks to people who have done what I desire to do. So for me, when I want relationship advice, when I'm, you know, seeking that, I ask my friends who are married. You know, I look to people, you know, my mother, my girlfriends, because, um, you know, at this point, you know, a lot of my friends are married on their second and third baby at this point, and I haven't quite entered the game yet. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. But, you know, ultimately what I know is it's important for it to be the right person, you know, for it to succeed. So, and also one thing I've also found out is that it's so very important, you know, to ask happily married people advice. Right. Because if your desire is to be happily married, don't ask somebody who hates it because <laughs> their advice will be colored with that. So when we come right back, we um, are going to have some of my my married friends who are going to give us some insight on how to successfully have an amazing relationship. So, tune in to Candidly Keisha. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Candidly Keisha. 
Okay, so welcome back to Candidly Keisha. Um, we have my good friend Toby, who's in studio with me today, and we've been joined by a friend of mine, Dwayna Haley. I love, love, love her. It's really funny because um, when we met, you know how you meet someone, Toby? Like, we kind of had that too. You know how you meet someone, and you're like, yeah, I'm keeping you. Like, <laughs> right. I love you. We have clearly been friends in a previous right. life. I don't know the details, but all I know is right now... Like, you're, you're not getting rid of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. So what I love most about Duena, she is happily married. She has two beautiful children. But I love that she is so much who she is. Like, the fun and spunk of, you know, she's a career woman, a mom, a wife. But I feel that all of those roles have not gotten lost in translation. And I feel like I just have to introduce you like this because one of my favorite stories ever. Mind you, we don't even know each other this well. But I text her about something. I remember we were trying to plan to get together or what have you. And um, she was like, oh, I'm in for the night or what have you. And she sent me a picture of her with like, you know, all black women wear their headscarf before they go to bed. <laughs> Had her headscarf and was looking like, mm-hmm. And so then she, I don't know how it all happened, but then she texted me and she was like, yeah, I just got my keratin treatment or what have you. My hair just got done, la la. And she was like, my husband talking about, can you take your headscarf off? And I said, no, how about we play Harriet Tubman instead? (laughs) I fell out. I was like, who says that? Who tells their husband instead of let's play whatever sexy game leading to the bedroom, let's play Harriet Tubman in the Underground Railroad. You can find the Underground Railroad. What? Yeah. How about Mama help you figure out how to get them freedom papers? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But that is what I love about her. So I have a quick question for you. So how long have you been married, Dwayne? We've been married for eight years this okay. year. So what would you say? Did you know when you met him that he was the one? I did know. I think I was trying to play like I didn't know because I still had, you know, a scallywag or two um, hanging around. And I had been in a previous relationship for five years, and it was horrible. Um, But, you know, college relationship, thought I knew and didn't. And when I met Brian, he was just so simple. Everything was just so easy. So I was just like, "Mm, ain't nothing this easy. You know, I was kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And then, you know, the longer we hung out with each other, it was like, yeah, okay, you're a real good dude. Like a real good dude. Like you're not showing me any crazy you know, okay, okay, I guess this really is the thing. Random yeah, sidebar. Have you yeah, ever seen that video? From the beginning. Question. Have you ever seen this video on YouTube where um, it's this guy and he's like a mathematician and he has a grid and he's like, you know, the six, basically it's like, okay, you don't date any women under, let's say, a six. And all women start at a crazy scale of about four. So if you have anything under four, then, you know, you're winning. But he does this whole diagram. He's like, and these are the women within the crazy boundaries and this, you're an eight in terms of looks that you date. These are the ones you marry. And these ones down here, these are unicorns. If you find one, then tell me about it. Have you seen that? You guys yes, have- I have. I have. I have no idea how Brian would rate me. Probably depends on the day, huh. the level of crazy and, and whatnot. I happen to think I'm a unicorn. Me too. If, if I asked, was like, that's what happened. I'm a unicorn. <laughs> yeah. If asked, he would say the same thing, you know, if he wants to come home. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what, in your opinion, like, what are the, the things about like a good, what, are, what is the cornerstone of a great relationship? Well, I mean... That's a great question. I mean, I, I, I definitely understand now a lot more than I did going into it. You know, when I, when I got married, I, I had certain ideas of what I thought marriage um, is. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, of, of course, trust, respect, communication, all of those things are key. But, I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that I always tell people is when, you know, I remember very succinctly is when I was getting ready to walk down the aisle, um, Uh, the doors of the church opened and everybody stood up and I remember seeing Brian and then I remember seeing everything blur. Mm -hmm. And I think it was one of the very first times in my life that the Holy Spirit has ever reached out to me and spoke audibly. And I remember it saying, and I thought it was my brother because my brother was walking me down the aisle. So I happened to kind of look at him real quick, like, huh? And I remember him saying, this is what truth feels like. Wow. You can never be lied to again. 
And it was just that quickly. And I, and I, I, everybody else was blurred, but I saw Brian, and he was kind of giving me that look that he only gives me and that smile that I know is mine. And I was just like, okay. And from that point, that has absolutely been the case. My marriage and everything about us has been steeped in truth. We are honest with each other, sometimes to a fault, <laughs> but at any point in time, I know I can be 100% transparently myself, and I know that he can give me the same, and I love him no matter what, and he loves me no matter what. So for me, the fact that we are always dealing with each other from a place of truth and yeah. from a place of just really guttural honesty is, is so important to me. And it's the one thing that keeps us laughing and loving and, and you know, really liking each other. <laughs> and then y'all play Harriet Tubman and find in the Underground Railroad. And then we play Harriet Tubman <laughs> and I show him what this what these freedom papers are all about. Ah! Yes. Can I tell you, I still want to be like y'all when I grow up. It's so, <laughs> it's, it's definitely special and it's amazing. And I, I wanted to kind of highlight both sides because, you know, I feel so often like, specifically more guys than girls, but they don't recognize the beauty that a great relationship brings. Mm-hmm. They they seem to feel like they're losing something more than gaining something. Do you feel that like in your relationship, has it been a win? You know, do you feel like you missed out on anything? Nah, I mean, I, you know, I was, I was happy in my single life. You know, I got out there. I was, I ran them streets. But I you know, gotta do that. You gotta enjoy I so mean, that you can you know, appreciate. Yeah. I was a typical single girl or whatnot, and, you know, some people feel like I got married young. I was 27, or we were 27 when we got married, but am I missing out on anything? No. I usually tell my my single girlfriends, you know, and even the ones that are married that have been married for a little bit, and, you know, they start to complain about their husband because, you know, it can get monotonous looking at the same pair of balls every day. So, you know, you feel like I want to go find new shiny balls. You better shine these suckers up and dress them up and Y'all play another game. Right. I need a new I need new eggplant in my life. And right. I'm like, okay, you know, you're looking over the fence, but remember, that's not real grass. That's turf grass over there. And remember you know- when you were single and pining and wanting a man, somebody to come home every day. My husband, when he comes home, I just feel so, uh, I just can't wait for Brian to come home. He's just so fantastic. Some days he walks through the door and I'd be like, go upstairs. <laughs> go you know- upstairs. Don't look at me today. Don't talk to me today. Like, whatever. But I know you know, nine times out of 10, this is where I want to be. I'm not missing yeah. out on anything. To have a man who loves me completely and truly and who I can share, you know, the holiest of holies with and the intimacies of my life with and, you know, we still have fun at it is, mm-hmm. I mean, what else would I be searching for outside of, you know, a new set of balls? And uh-huh. new set Hilarious. of balls comes with a whole a whole lot these right. days. Right, a you whole know? lot of other <laughs> stuff too. You know, it's funny, you said something about the grass being greener and that's something that I always say, you know, the grass may be greener, on, it may appear to be greener on the other side, but you don't have no, you have no clue what their water bill is. Mm-mm. And I no. feel like a lot of people they they don't they don't take that part into consideration. Absolutely not. I mean, I I always just say it's fake grass. Yeah, turf. I've never heard looking. that one. I you like know, that. People it's, it's want turf. people want the lives that they see their friends living on Instagram and social media. You have no idea what the intricacies and intimacies of that is from day to day. Mm-hmm. Every man comes with his crap, just like every woman comes, comes with, with hers. hers. So, I mean, whether you pick this one or the other one, you still got stuff you got to deal with. Everybody you know? has and, their idiosyncrasies. Everyone has their stuff. And, you know, you're right. You just have to decide, you know, if all of the great stuff outweighs, you know, the stuff that you may want to strangle him for a time or two. And another good friend of mine who's married said it's also recognizing the difference between roommate issues and relationship issues because they're two very, very different things. Mm -hmm. And so often we tend to put the roommate issues into the relationship issue category unnecessarily. Oh, hands down. When I moved, when Brian and I lived together before we got married, which was not necessarily a celebrated decision amongst my, you know, very um, Christian, you know, family. They thought I was straight going to hell in a handbasket, but I was like, <laughs> well, you gasoline know what? draws on. <laughs> right. You know, but I was like, this is my path. I'm, I'm, because he was in L.A. at the time and I was in Tennessee and I moved out 
to be with him. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, when we first moved in with each other, they, I'm thankful that we lived with each other before we got married because, you know, Brian had this thing where we had a hamper. I, you know, I, I went through the house and I was like, I'm getting ready to, you know, put my foot down. Like, here are all the stuff, the touches that make it like we're living together now. Right. So I went, I, I went to uh, the container store and I brought this beautiful hamper, clothes hamper basket. And clothes never made it in it. <laughs> I mean, with the linen in it and everything, it had like a his and her side, like very, very much. I'm living with somebody. I'm excited. I'm too excited, too geek to be living with somebody. Uh-huh. This mofo would come in the house, take his clothes off, throw them on top of the hamper. <laughs> beside the hamper? The lid in front on of the on hamper? On top of it, inside, <laughs> but beside it, on the side of it, in the, in the bathroom, but never <laughs> actually lift the lid up to put the clothes in. I remember this, this, it made me so mad. I slapped him out of his sleep one night. Said, how, you sleeping so God, how you sleeping so good? And I'm still over here so irritated. I slapped him straight up out of his sleep. Like I just could not, I could not understand why something so beautiful I had done, you're in here right. being so disrespectful. But that's a roommate thing. That's a, he used to living by himself. He used to living with somebody when his clothes on the floor, wasn't nobody there to bitch at him about it. So, right. you know, I had to get over that. To yeah. this day, he won't close the bread. We will buy a new a new thing of bread, a new loaf of bread, and he will leave it open. Make a sandwich and leave it open. Yeah. It, it drives me insane. But you said something really amazing that I feel more people need to recognize and hear, that, you know, you so often we pray for things and we ask for things and we yearn for things, but then when we get them, we we forget to continue to appreciate them and we allow these little new like these little nuisances to color the whole situation so i love that she said that even when he annoys you even when those things happen you remember back to all that you prayed for now that you have it so it keeps you in a spirit of gratitude and appreciation for what you have definitely yeah the the guy that i was with before Brian was extremely toxic, and I remember, you know, in college, and I remember one night I got, I went home and just upset. This dude had created another, yet another fight so that he could go be with another bitch, basically. Yeah, and they do that good. Yeah, I mean, that was the, it was a telltale of our relationship. And I remember I got in the shower and I just started crying and I started praying and I was like, God, I want this, and he needs to be this, and he needs to be that. And I was like, but if you don't give me the strength, to walk away from what I'm in now, I'm telling you, I don't have it. I will yeah. remain in this place with this person because I don't have the strength or the fortitude to walk away from him. And literally, 24 hours later, I bump into Brian at a party. Can I tell you how powerful that is? Because I know I've had that experience too. And you have to be very clear. Like I always say, God got jokes. Like, you have to be very clear and for sure about it because the way that he will move people in and out of your life and, and in situations is is magical and it's how you would never imagine it to be. So you got to be ready. Like, when you ask, know that it's coming and you need to be ready for it. Um, you know, I think that that's definitely, definitely interesting. And the piece that you said about asking for the strength, I know I've been there plenty of times where I have had to, you know, you have to recognize, you know, when you need help, when you know yeah. you can't do it on your own. And part the first step is just putting it, just asking. And yeah. miraculously, he'll come walking down the street and you won't right. even, you won't even right. be expecting it. All of a sudden, it. I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Ooh, he's kind of cute. He's kind of cute. <laughs> so I guess, is there anything like that else? And I know coming up in a second, I actually have my mom joining us, which I was really excited because, you know, I just feel it's important to, to, you know, reach back because there are some real great qualities of our parents and grandparents' generations that we need to kind of bring current that, Absolutely. you know, as it relates to relationship and just life in general. Um, is there anything else? Like, what is one thing that your mom maybe always told you when it comes to, you know, loving yourself or relationships or anything along those lines? That you are enough. Yes. I think that my mom has always been very clear. And my mom's been married a couple of times. And, you know, I think I, I firmly believe it's because, you know, my father passed away when, when I was younger, when I was eight years old. And that was like the real true love of her life. And so I think at, at all points she's kind of been searching for that and hasn't found that yet, just yet again. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at the end of the day, my mom has always been one to stand on her own two feet. And she's always... She's always one that I remember when I was younger, she'd make me look in the mirror and be like, I am enough. 
or I am. I love you know, it. just very firmly rooted in I define myself, you know, so that whenever the outliers come in and try to help you to forget who you are, that, you know, you're not you're not moved and swayed so easily. And so when you know, that's the reason why I was so surprising to her when I got to college and got with a man and lost myself. She was like, what the hell? She's you know, like, who are you? Know. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, mama, I was getting D for the first time. So Do you know, and, you know, I had to have that conversation with my little like God sisters and my cousins who were younger in college. You know, I had a situation. This is a random sidebar tangent. But one of my little um, my God sister, she got caught up with this little boy who clearly was laying it down real good. Mm -hmm. And so she was accepting some things from him that she shouldn't have. She was allowing him to treat her anything less than the amazing woman that she is and what she deserves to be treated. And I just had to be real with her. I had to have that come come to Jesus moment with her. I'm like, listen, babe, Sweetheart, there is a lot of good D out there. And frankly, mm-hmm. this little boy don't even know what he's doing yet. Do not ever allow that to be the reason that you stay with anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's basically what it was. And then, of course, once I got past it, I realized, it, it like you said, it wasn't good at all. Right. I thought it was because it was all I was getting because I was being true. He wasn't. Right. But, I mean, after I got past all of that and, and, you know, knocked off the first D and was able to, you know, get a couple more under my belt, not to throw myself out there like that, but that's how no, it goes. No, 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 no judgment zone. No judgment zone. It's all good. You got to get a couple under your belt and then you're like, oh, okay. It's like I, relationships. How are you going to know what you truly desire and what you truly like? Like, it's, you know, until you have to experience it a little bit. Right. Like, how are you going to appreciate a, the light if you haven't been in the darkness? The same amen, thing. Amen. Amen. I got a couple under my belt and then I was like, okay, so. So now I'm I'm back. I'm rooted. Okay, I get it. And so I was able to find myself again. And I think when when Brian came into my life and found me, I was at a place where I was just so truly seeking self. Yeah. You know, and I wasn't seeking, oh, I want a man. Oh, I want this. It was it was all about my own personal empowerment, my own personal journey. And I'm going to stand on my own two feet and I'm going to be this powerful PR executive and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And when he came along, along, he didn't detract from that. It, it right. wasn't he didn't undermine. Like, he added to. And that's right. the it other thing. We were, yeah. A lot of people don't realize it's not about two halves making a hold in a relationship. It's two complete people coming to a relationship and then making a more magnificent whole. Oh, my God, get out of my head. That is totally what I was getting ready to say. Like, that is it. When he came, he was like, okay, I've got this, you know, rah, rah, you know, a little crazy, real sexy, cool girl who, you know, is all about, you know, I am She-Ra, hear me roar. Okay, well, let me let her roar. And to this day, it is that, you know, my husband is very much so. My wife is, she is a whole other Oprah show. (laughs) That's okay, because I'm tuning in every day to see what's going on. And I love it. I love it, too. Well, Dwayne, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us here at Candidly Keisha. And I'm going to call you back, girl, because I'm sure this is not the last that we're going to have of these kind of conversations. And, you know, whenever we can provide insight and help our sisters out, you know, we need to do it. Absolutely. Oh, you know I got stories. Oh, I know. I can't wait. You know I got stories. Harriet Tubman has just scratched the surface. I know. I know. (laughs) But, again, um, you are listening to Candidly Keisha. Thank you so much for tuning in. And come back and we will have my mommy in the building. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Candidly Keisha. Welcome back to Candidly Keisha. We are having a all things relationship talk here today. And, um... I have a very, very special in-studio guest. Um, Toby is still here, you know, giving us her perspective. But I also have my mommy. Hey, mom. Hey, Keisha. Um, You know, I feel it's important. Like, my parents, like I said, have been married literally. um, How long y'all been married, mom? I can't remember. 34 years. Yeah, you're telling the business now. They got married after I was born, and that was very taboo back then. But we were together 38 years. We were together two years before. Yes, before um, I came along. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's always important to me because I feel like today, and and this is a story I always tell, that going to Spelman, going to, you know, an HBCU uh, women's college, I'll never forget being in Um, a sociology class and we were talking about you know the feminist movement and what have you and it came to me in my turn 
And the teacher asked me, you know, what did I feel was the most important aspect of the feminist movement? And I said, the ability for women to choose, the ability for you to, you know, go into the workforce for you to be a stay-at-home mom or to do any combination of of the two in between. And she was very much one of those diehard feminists who was like, stay-at-home moms, you're bad. And, you know, and I stood up to her. I said, because I can't, I can't say that. I can't do that. I said, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And I am and my brothers are who we are because of the sacrifices that my mom has made. And she didn't really like that. It wasn't a, a popular opinion. But you know, in terms of the family structure, you know, I just, I just saw all that you have always given to us. And people don't do that today. They don't. And um, stay at home, being a stay at home mom, it's, everyone's not cut out for it. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, I enjoyed. I thoroughly enjoyed. Like, it gave me life to be home, to see you guys grow, to be there for you, to, you know, have a hot meal on the table. No, my mom would literally, like, make all of our favorite breakfast. Yeah. And she does yeah. that to this day. Yeah. Like, if we come over, she will have all of our favorites. She will make each one of them and make our plates and everything. And I got that. Like, that's how I am in relationships and with, you know, my significant other. It's, you know, although I work and I go and I do, like mom knows, I'll be traveling and I'll call mom and be like, I can't be there. Can you make sure that they have something to eat or, you know, what have you? Right. Yes, I have done that too. Yeah. <laughs> but but, but um, that's, a, that's a special quality that, you know, not everyone has that quality. And in this day and time, not everyone is looking to do that. Um, most women today or have a little more selfish approach. You mm-hmm. know, it's all about them or what they would like or what they want to achieve in life. And um, I just think that once you get married, definitely, and then once you have children, you know, you take the eye out of everything and then it's, you know, it's we or it's mm-hmm. us, you know. And um, my goal was to make sure that, you know, you guys had everything that you needed growing yeah. up and, you know, in, in an environment that you felt comfortable and safe right. and knew that no matter what, right. you know. Um, what would you say to women who say, you know, that being a housewife or being, you know, allowing your quote unquote man to be the head of the household is weak? Um, then or vulnerable or, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I feel like it's devalued. And it is the value because, you know, the structure, the way it should go is God first, spouse second, children. And if you kind of, you know, know that from the beginning, Mm -hmm. then you, you know, can, you know, it's just however you want to do the structure your, you know, your, your home. But that's the. Right. And I have to be, I have to be honest, like for me growing up, it was a learning curve because with having a dad who was such a manly man and so domineering and so my way or the highway that it wasn't until I got older that I recognized that in your sometimes seeming quiet was actually strength. Like in my early, and it's funny, I was talking about this just the other day with my friend, with Amika and Jason, we um, were having lunch. And I realized that when I was younger, I would always try to assert my like, I am, I can do it. I am independent because I was afraid of feeling vulnerable. I was afraid of feeling like someone was telling me what to do, quote unquote. But it wasn't until I got older that I realized that, you know, Dad may have been the head, but you were the neck turning it. <laughs> you you were the one guiding which way that sucker was going. But that's something that in age and wisdom and maturity, you begin to realize that I know I yeah. took for granted. Yeah, and it's not something you don't have to um, assert it. You don't have to, you know, you know what you want. You know right. what it takes to get there. And you just kind of, you know, right. to do, you do that. And the head don't even know the neck is turning it. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest thing. I was like, how did it take me this long to realize that my mama was running things this whole damn time? But sh- James Pulliam, I'm just just kidding. You, you're you doing it. You were the man. But, um, and it's all in how you decide, you know, that you, you know, that division of labor. Right. You know, and, and what your roles are. Uh-huh. And I didn't mind taking, letting him, you know, he, he's the man. He wants to think that he's running things. I swear, things. sometimes men have to go all the way around <laughs> their elbow to get their thumb. But I know, I have realized that you just have to let them do it. Even if you sit back in your head and be like, this some bush, this ain't going to work. <laughs> but you just have to say, you know what, I'm going to support you. I'm going to allow you to do it. And that's kind of people in general that sometimes they have to go through it. They have to experience 
experience it to learn the lesson for themselves. There's nothing you could tell them to be like, hey, don't do this, don't do this. They're going to do it anyway. But when you when they do it and they feel it is when they learn and do something different in the future. Absolutely. So Absolutely. we're going to, um, we've talked about, you know, you and dad and, you know, and, and I, I think it's really, I know times have changed since you were dating because you and dad have been together so long. And, you know, at the beginning of the show, See, and just so y'all know, me and my mom have one of those relationships where you can talk about any and everything. I know the turning point was when I was in college. And um, because she was definitely like, I know some people are like, your mother should not be your friend. She's your mother. And let me let me just say something about that. When you are raising your children, you are not you should not be their friend. Right. But when your child gets to a certain point and that you've given them all of they that you can and they're grown then you can become their friend. Absolutely. So our turning point was college. And um, I and I must say I love Spelman dearly. I would not have done anything different. However, you can only imagine what it was like to be Rudy Huxtable at an HBCU of all women in Atlanta, Georgia. So you can imagine. And the funny thing is, I know in previous podcasts, if you've been a subscriber, you've heard my brothers talk about the hood, Ratchet Side of Keisha. A lot of people don't know that. They just assume that this is Rudy, but they don't realize, no, you're dealing with Keisha right now. And as the name implies, I'm a Keisha. So (laughs) I was at Spelman College, and these girls just had it in for me. They decided that they were going to wait for my roommate to leave. They were going to come up in my room like they were going to do something and talk crazy. And they met Keisha, not Rudy. And I cussed their asses out <laughs> from here to Stone Mountain and back. And they were looking like, oh, God, I think she's about to beat our ass. And I was like, you're right. You Maybe you should leave. And so I, um, I called my mom immediately after it happened. I was like, Ma, listen, I don't want you to hear this from nobody else. I want you to hear it from me. This is what I said, how I said it, and what I did. And my mother was and just I said, like, I know you are. <laughs> you cuss they ass out, right? <laughs> I bet they won't roll up in your room anymore. <laughs> oh my God. It was that was clearly the turning point, I would say, in our relationship. I say all this to say as I digress. So at the beginning of this, I know back in your day we didn't have camera phones. We have you didn't have cell phones. You had the house phone, one phone with the cord that you'd stretch all the way from the kitchen to around the corner in the living room to try to get some privacy. What do you feel? So we were talking about, we'll call it, we've called them calling cards, but basically it's men sending women pictures of the hoo-ha. How do you feel about that? You have to get close to Mike, Mom. Oh, that's disgusting. That's just disgusting. <laughs> so what would you do if dad sent you a, a, a calling card? Well, I'm not going to say he hasn't, but I'm just saying. I mean, you know, I'm just saying. That is not count. You know. <laughs> Random people doing it to you, you know, sending it to you is disgusting. But hey, your husband, you know, when you, you know, haven't seen each other in a while and he's working, you know, on location someplace else, you know. Wow. You got to keep it spiced up. Well, so what else do you need to do? Okay, well, now that we're talking about spicing up a relationship, (laughs) Mom, what are some of the other things that you feel are the cornerstone to a healthy relationship? You know, you just have to... uh, got to keep it spicy. You got to keep them interested. They have to keep you interested. So, you know, you got to try different things. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you, you be doing Harriet Tubman in the Underground Railroad, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he be Toby and I be, uh, no. Oh, my God. Did we just take this back to Roots? I can't right now. You completely colored my favorite movie with a whole nother perspective right now. Oh, my God. Toby, anything to add to this I one? am speechless. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> you have any questions for my mama? Because clearly four kids later, I mean, 30 years in, she knows something. You know something it about all, this. baby. That's all I need to know. You know everything. But I do have one question. So I feel like now, like in these times, that men don't really, they say they want a woman with a job and money and all this and that. Then when they get that, they don't appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's too much for them. So it's like intimidated. Yeah. And with me, I'm so confused because it's like, okay, so do I kind of like downgrade myself and what I'm doing and the money I'm making? 
Or do I stay strong in what I'm doing and the money I'm making and hope that I'll be blessed with the man who can appreciate that? And then when you find that man, then it's kind of like, oh, well, I thought I wanted someone who was successful, but I really don't. So I can't really juggle. Like, I never really know what they want. You know, a lot of times men don't even know what they want. You know, a lot of times men do not know what they want. So, you know, you just have to be yourself, be your authentic self, and the right person will come along. You know, but yeah. never dim your light right. so theirs can shine. Well, I appreciate that. Absolutely. So, I, I mean, I agree. That's one thing mom has always told me. You know, never, ever let anyone steal your joy and not to dim your light for anyone. Mm-hmm. Because the person who is for you will help amplify your light, not need you to dim it or dumb it down to to meet them. Um, And I feel like Dwayna also, you know, said that very much that her husband has embraced and allowed her to be exactly who she is. And it's more of a complimenting versus, you know, an act. You know, there is compromise. I'm not saying there isn't. I'm sure I know there has to be compromise. But when it's with the right person, I'm sure it doesn't feel like it. Um, Mm. And I know for me, I'm just excited about the opportunity and the possibility to meet that right person who can completely and utterly appreciate me for exactly who I am without having to um, dim my light. So anything else that we'd like to add on uh, this edition of Candidly Keisha? Any departing words of wisdom, mommy? No, nothing other than the man that is in your future. When you, when he when you meet him, you will know. There will not even be a question about it. You will know. There is, you know, you'll have that feeling. There will be no doubt. And, um, you know, you definitely want someone that the two of you can grow together right. and want, you know, the right. same thing. And ladies, you know, the last thing I'll say is just remember that, you know, you teach people how to love you by the way that you love yourself. It's not about being selfish, but it's about, you know, knowing that you're enough and, you know, recognizing, you know, we all have things to work on. We all have, we all have things to work on. We all have things that we can improve upon. And, you know, for me, I always try, my desire is to be the best me every day and continue to, you know, be a better me the next day. And that's really all that you can do. We all have our stuff. It's up to us to work on it and, you know, recognize that the same allowance that we desire to have, you know, toward us is the same allowance that we need to have for whoever else we desire to be in our life and our experience, in our experience. So this well is said, well said. Thank you, ma'am. But this is candidly Keisha. And I just want to thank, you know, everyone for listening and um, all of my guests from mom to Toby to Arian to Duena and, you know, my brother who popped in for a quick moment to give us his take on uh, calling cards, also known as dick pics. But thank you. Please continue to tune in to Candidly Keisha. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.